What's up everybody? My name is Lavelle Hewitt and I am your host of Do It In The Dark, a podcast that focuses on introspection and accountability, how to pick yourself apart and put the pieces back together. So take this journey with me as we redefine who we are, how we got here and move confidently toward the future. Do It In The Dark is an opinion-based podcast based on research, statistics, and my personal views. These comments are not represented by any political, religious, or government entities. The views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. This episode is called The Psychology of Me. The Psychology of Me. And uh, tonight, is, uh, it's going to be fun, man. We're going to talk about who you are. And let's try to identify in terms of, you know, as you as you navigate being uh, a business owner, whether it's your first time or whether it's a startup, um, just kind of identifying, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle for yourself. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. If this is your first time, I thank you for joining us. And um, let me tell you a little bit about who we are before we get into the content of, of today's um, episode. So. Do It In The Dark is a podcast that focuses on being introspective and holding yourself accountable for things that you're trying to establish with a new business. I have a, a, a long history of being a serial entrepreneur, so I've started several businesses, some that uh, generated income and we, uh, we, you know, we did fairly well with, and some that even though they, even though it generated income is it wasn't um wasn't quite as successful and so now uh, i stand here before you as a successful business owner in the healthcare industry with uh partnerships in two successful and thriving hospice companies in the state of georgia so i feel it's time for me to really kind of tell my story but not so much about me but just the journey of being a business owner and some of the pros and cons uh established with starting a business um also things that will help you identify are you moving in the right direction so that's really what i want to do is i wanted to create a platform create a platform that will give new business owners an opportunity to look at themselves and judge themselves um on a step-by-step basis starting out with are you doing things the right way if not um how do you tweak it how do you change it and how do you continue to how you continue to grow this here is a, 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 it's therapeutic for me, and I hope you all will continue to take this journey with me. Business is something I, I really think that everybody needs to try their hand at, and I think everybody has an inkling that no matter what industry, they want to be in business for themselves. That's just a personal opinion I have. My wife and I debate about this all the time, and she'll you know, she'll say things like, you know, babe, that's your thing. You want to be in business. You believe in entrepreneurship. Everybody doesn't see it that way. I I kind of disagree. I think uh, I don't believe that people really subscribe to work for other people. I think people don't venture into um, entrepreneurship only because they may not know exactly how to do it. And so I think that's really one of the hindrances. But um, that's just my personal views, right? But today I want to talk to you about the psychology of me. We are doing here on, on Do It In The Dark, we have 10 episodes that I have kind of crafted and outlined for new hospice, not hospice, 
new business owners. Um, and I want you all to kind of take things from the perspective of episode one, where we talk about being introspection, being introspective, which means looking in yourself and holding yourself accountable um, as you start your journey. Then episode two, where we kind of went into, you know, understanding what the art of your power is, right? What is the word? What what is the meaning of power, and what it what it literally means for you to harness your power as you are starting to build your business um then we went to episode three where we discussed and talked about some of the fears of of self-doubt and how to get out of your own way which is one of my favorite episodes because it's important for you to recognize that sometimes you're your worst critic you're you're the your, your worst enemy nobody's judging you more harshly than yourself and then uh, fourth episode, we talked about why do people lie and understanding there are certain types of people you don't want to do business with, be in business with, and you don't want to find yourself being one one of those type of people who actually uh, lie all the time and it's unnecessary. So those are just some of the things we talked about. I'm having fun on this journey. Um, we have, you know, six more episodes that we got to get out because we did four. This is number five tonight. And um, today we're talking about the psychology of me. I chose the topic psychology of me because my background is psychology. I have a bachelor's and master's degree in psychology and I've studied and taught the course um, or the subject rather um, for, wow, over, I don't know, I guess 15 years now. But psychology has always stuck with me because I don't think it's just a college course. I think it really is a, a way of thinking and a way of living for a lot of us if you truly understand your psychological makeup. So there are four areas tonight I want to talk about. So today we're going to discuss environment. We're going to talk about environment. We're going to talk about nature versus nurture. We're going to discuss your position in your family. And then we're going to talk about the maturity and self-awareness. And that right there, those four pillars, I believe, will give you a good indication of what your, the psychology of you and what makes up your psychological perspective. Um, the psychology of me, as I look at myself, I'll give you some tidbits about myself as we discuss it. But I want to talk about the psychology of, of, of me, and I use me in a general sense. So when you're listening to this, I want you to consider yourself and your, your family structure and uh, where you are in your family structure in terms of your parental aspect with you and your children. And then I want to take it back some, you know, to your childhood as far back as you can remember. And I want us to talk about where you are in your family, right? If uh, you are the eldest, middle child, and the youngest child. And we'll talk about that too. But the first thing, let's go with, um, first thing uh, as a part of the psychology of me will be environment. What is the environment? And what do I mean by environment? So the environment is very, very critical for a child because that is the, when you're, when you're born, we're all born into a certain environment. And the environment shapes who you are. 
in psychology we learned that your environment gives you certain aspects of uh, nature and nurture and those things are kind of combined in who you are we'll talk about nature and nurture in a minute but the environment so one of the things I want you to think about with your environment is when you have children there are certain things that you have to provide for those children for in order for them to have um, a good chance at being just a average child so that means there's a basic need of you know a, a sense of trust that they have you know for you uh, that they develop uh, a sense of uh, autonomy and freedom for them to do certain things and then as they get older they struggle with finding out who they are and that's the part we're going to focus on tonight because we got to identify do you know who you are do you know when you started to ask the question of yourself who you are right so as a guide i want to use dr eric erickson's psychosocial development stages and you know we're going to talk about one of those stages identity versus role confusion as it relates to environment because i think it kind of gives us a guide for what the environment should look like at a certain age into adulthood and i want to tie all of this up i want to tie it into a, a good package and hopefully you guys can follow along because it's going to take me up to adulthood but I, in order to understand who you are as an adult you first got to travel back a few years and identify who you are in those adolescent and teenage years where you were struggling to find out who am i and so let's start there all right identity diverse role confusion uh states that the critical issues of adolescence is the development of a consistent identity or sense of self the positive outcome involves the ability to answer the question who am i what will i become in a contemporary society this stage often extends well into young adulthood as a person typically experiments with many behaviors roles identities before achieving a lasting satisfying uh identity right and so i think that is very important i can remember being 12 or 13 years old and growing into the teenage years of my manhood asking who am i and I think that question is very, very critical as you identify the, the, the psychology of who you are as an adult. My 12-year-old self will tell you that I thought I was very skinny, scrawny, in comparison to the other, you know, my friends that I grew up with in New Orleans. I didn't think I measured up because I was always the youngest surrounding some older guys. So in hindsight, I probably shouldn't even been hanging out with the crew I was with. Um, but nonetheless, I'm 12 and most of my friends were 14, 15 years old. And I questioned, did I live up to the expectations of being a part of their, you know, growing up in, uh, in the ninth war. So I, I had some concerns about my identity. Um, I will say that my family structure and we'll get into that in nature nurture really helped me to kind of carve out who I was. So I was born as the oldest child to a mother who was 18 years old. My mom being 18 years old, having me, and she was married, and my dad a few years older than her. We are, I grew up 
from the age of, you know, as far as I can remember in terms of five years old, six years old, having my mom and dad both in the home. And my dad provided very well for us. So I didn't, I've, uh, I, I had a great foundation as a only child. Now, fast forward five years later, my brother was born and, um, you know, my mom and dad started to experience some difficulties in marriage. And by the time I was 11 years old, if I'm remembering correctly, they were divorced. So now I uh, have a younger brother born into a totally different situation. And our situation has now changed, right? So let me go back and let me explain this to you again. As the older child, and this is how I feel now, I felt like my mom always put more responsibility on me. And five years later, after my brother was born, I felt my mom expected for the responsibility of my younger brother would always be, you know, for me to watch out for him and take care of him, which I had no problem with. Still don't have a problem with to this day. But I bring that up because I want you to understand as you look at your position in your family, and this this goes, this ties into the psychology of who you are as an adult, uh, the position in your family does not change. So my mom was 18 and she had me, right? We grew up together. There was a lot of mistakes that she made, things she probably didn't know. She had a lot of learning to do. We learned together. I learned how to be uh, a help meet. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't mean like as an infant, but I'm saying, uh, I knew by the time I was 16 years old, my mom needed help with bills because she's a single mother now. I had to pitch in. Um, my dad was great for us while they were married. However, after we left New Orleans and got to Atlanta, it was just my mom. I don't even know if my family quite knew exactly where we were, but nonetheless, I grew into the role of helping my mom and being a uh, being a help for my younger brother. So now, fast forward, I'm 45 years old. I'm very successful in terms of business ownership. Um, my brother, 40 years old, 39, 40, something like that. Chris is probably right around. You know, uh, he just turned 40. Excuse me. So we are literally five years apart, and. He's very successful in what he does, working, you know, has a great job. He's been there for at least 16 years now. Um, and so he and I share the burden of taking care of my mom. We don't mind. It's not a big deal. But in my mom's mind, I'm the oldest and I'm still responsible for, for my brother in certain instances. And I, I kind of chuckle because... She'll always tell me, did you check on your brother? And I'm like, this dude is 40 years old. There's no need for me to check on him. But yes, ma'am, I will call my brother and see if he's okay. And vice versa, my mom will make sure that my brother checks in with me as it relates to certain things. So the point I'm making is, if you understand the position in your family in which you were born in, that position does not change. What needs to happen, though, is as you are growing up in that family structure, you need to identify what type of person that you've been, uh, what type of 
ownership with that position that you've been given. Like for me, I'm the oldest child. My ownership was responsibility, just to kind of give you some context on that. If you are a middle child, what type of ownership has your parents given you or labeled you with that you kind of struggle with in that family structure? This is important because I want you to understand the way that you operate in your family and the way that you can operate with ease the more you operate in your family with ease allows you to understand your role in leadership as you operate and start a business and start to lead other people so it's it's a parallel source that you need to understand and, and, and make sure that you can work through but it's also very very important and critical that you digest your role and your position because it does not change all right so next i want to talk about nature versus nurture what exactly is nature and nurture so from a nature perspective we are all born into this world in a certain environment right and that is the natural aspect of childbirth life in, in in modern society that's just it the nurturing part is as we talked about the environment what is your environment filled with is your environment filled with love is your environment filled with with, with understanding is your environment filled with filled with autonomy that that autonomous situations where a child can learn to navigate certain obstacles and not be admonished for doing things the wrong way, right? That's what we mean by autonomy as a child. The struggle of nature versus nurture comes in in a, a family structure, and I'm tying this together for you, when you have parents who are learning on the job. I told you my mom had me, she was 18, she was learning on the job. By the time my brother came five years later, she had a better handle on things and you know she wasn't as she wasn't as um, new to parenting as she was when I was born. So the relationship that she and I have and that we formed for those five years is totally different than the relationship that she formed with my brother when he was eventually born. The point I'm making is my nurturing was very different than that of my brother. My mom was raising me in the midst of a divorce. So a lot of things shifted in her life, which made her go into the workforce a little bit different or at a different pace from when she initially got married. And so by the time I'm 10, 11, I had responsibilities that maybe nowadays the average 10 year old or 11 year old might not have so i was very responsible my brother comes along and he is in my opinion baby and coddled in a way that i have to do things for him which limits his autonomous opportunities he doesn't have the opportunities um growing up from ages five to ten to make certain mistakes and figure out how to do things on his own. I'm there to catch him before he falls because my mom is constantly in my ear, look after your brother, watch out for your brother, tie his shoe, do this for him, do that for him. 
and now I'm doing those things because I want to make sure I'm listening to my mom. But I'm taking that opportunity away from my brother. And I want y'all to catch that. So my relationship and my position in the family is one of responsibility. While my brother comes along and his relationship and responsibility of the family is he is the baby boy. Not to any fault of his own. It's just the position that he was born in. And if those things are not corrected, and that's why we're talking about these social uh psychosocial stages of development if that is not corrected then that grows up with you and it becomes a part of your identity as an adult person and that's what we're trying to help you understand your psychological makeup as an adult is directly related to who you are and who you were born um, as in your family the position you hold so a quick story I want to tell you guys and, and kind of paint the picture of nature versus nurture. I watched the, uh, a documentary on CNN, you know, back in probably 2008, 2009, I believe, um, about Michael Eric Dyson and his brother Everett Dyson. So for those who don't know, Michael Eric Dyson is a, a college professor, uh, author of over 16 books, uh, New York Best Times author, uh, April 4th, 1968. The, that book on uh, the life of Dr. King um, is a phenomenal book. You should read it by Michael Eric Dyson. But he's very accomplished. His brother, on the other hand, is uh, currently serving life in prison. Um, unless things have you know, changed and they got him acquitted on the charge. He was serving a murder charge and, uh, for which he claims that he is innocent of, the, of that crime. However, the lifestyle of the two of them born in the same house, raised in the same house, excuse me, having the same mother, I don't know about the father, but they were raised by the same mother, grandparents, but the treatment was totally different. That nurturing environment was not one that was conducive for Everett, the brother who's in prison, was not afforded the same opportunities as the brother Michael. And uh, in the interview, Michael Eric Dyson alluded to the fact that he's light-skinned and his brother's darker-skinned. So the treatment around the house kind of paralleled the fact that, okay, the lighter-skinned boy had a better chance at life, so he was treated different. And I'm paraphrasing, so don't quote me on, on that. And I'm, I'm going to tie this up in a minute, but he was given opportunities that his darker-skinned brother, his darker-skinned brother was not afforded. And that is a, 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 a travesty in itself, but it goes to it goes to talking about that nurturing environment was not fair for both of those boys who were born in the same environment, raised in the same home, but given two different types of nurturing for one to become an accomplished law professor, excuse me, uh, sociology professor, and one to be serving life in prison. How is that possible? It's possible because since the emphasis of freedom from slavery 
we have scars and generational uh, traumas and damage that our family members do not know how to navigate. Our parents do not know how to navigate. Our grandparents do not know how to navigate. And I say do not know how to navigate because it's not something that happened back then. It is still going on to this day. There are grandparents and parents who treat their light-skinned and darker-skinned kids differently. I remember growing up, a lot of people used to say that about me and my brother. I'm darker-skinned, my brother is lighter-skinned. And some would say that he was treated a little bit more... What's the word? He was treated differently than I was treated by my mom, some would say. I don't necessarily see it that way in terms of our, our, our you know, the difference of our, our complexions. Um, I just think it was more of a position of family. It was me being the oldest, him being the baby. So I attributed to that. But some would say that. And if you look up the uh, the story, uh, the documentary that was done on Michael Eric Dyson and his brother Everett, it's heartbreaking hearing some of the, the, the stories that they, uh, you know, hearing their account from past experiences where inside the same house there was a difference made between the brothers that's a lot of trauma that's going on in that environment so the point we're making though is if you do not have a proper support system as a child you grow up as an adolescent with a very poor sense of self self self-confidence self-awareness and it haunts you and it it fractures your ability to make great decisions or solid decisions as an adult so the next thing the next area we want to cover is your position in family your position in family plays a vital role in how you are viewed by your parents and siblings many people can attest to feeling like their parents or family members have favorites among the siblings Many can also attest to not being favored um, and being, you know, which led them to do some very questionable things in and outside of the family dynamics. Meaning, if meaning because you feel like you are the black sheep of your family, uh, sometimes as a middle child, you feel looked over right inside the home. You now seek attention and validation outside of that house which leads you to do some things that are very questionable by your behavior and your actions all for the you know the the cost of seeking attention because you feel that your other siblings get more attention than you do position in family is something that haunts people as they grow older where you can have a family of five or six siblings and They literally do not like each other. How is it possible for us to grow up as brothers and sisters and when we become adults, we do not like each other? So I will venture to say that didn't just happen as they became adults, that they didn't like each other. They didn't like each other growing up. And the point of contention, in my opinion, always starts with the treatment from their parental guidance or their parental structure, excuse me. When you have parents who treat you differently or it feels as though your parents have favorites, (laughs) shit, 
it comes out. It comes out in the way that you now treat your siblings, how you treat your brothers and sisters. So I want for you to look at yourself, be introspective. That's our word, introspective, right? How much blame do you put on your parents? How much guilt do you feel being a part of a family structure as a sibling where you do not like your siblings? And do you feel like a victim in that situation? Right? Because if you do, there's two things I want to talk to you about real quick. I want you to forgive your parents. Forgive your mom. Forgive your dad. They didn't have the answers. They didn't have the keys. As adults, we learn a lot of times they still don't have the answers. They still don't have the keys. They were doing the best they could with what they had. And you have to look at what was their structure growing up. Because the cycle does repeat itself. It just depends on are we able to correct things with certain psychosocial advancements and and um, and achievements in life. If we can get through certain phases in life and, and be successful with them, then some of those things will change. And there won't be a generational, uh, you know, a repetitive cycle in our family breakdown or the family structure. But your position in family is extremely critical for the type of person you are and your treatment of other people. And so last but not least, the the last thing I want to talk about is maturity and self-awareness. What we are looking for as we go through environment, nature versus nurture, and your position of family is, as you become a young adult and you answer the question of, who am I? The older you get, you should find some resolution to, you know, some answers to that question. Who am I? As you enter young adulthood, 21 to 25 years old, you've experimented with certain things in life, behaviors, job roles, um, some failures, some obstacles. Hopefully you've had some milestones that you have succeeded. And when you do, you can now start to have self-confidence and understand who you are maturity is one of the things that help you to forgive your parents and forgive your siblings as an adult when things when things are when those certain memories kind of hold you back about how they treated you and how you are treated currently because of your position in the family Maturity and self-awareness are the only two things that will get you through those moments. So with maturity, what we're saying is having a true understanding of your position in family. For me, as the oldest son, it came with a great sense of responsibility that I didn't always understand growing up. But I now utilize in business as an entrepreneur and a business owner because I don't look for other people to help me. I don't look for other people to have the answers. I try first to have the answer and then I can collaborate with people for other solutions. 
But if they don't have it, I'm already looking for it. So I, I kind of credit my mom with giving me so much responsibility because it just it made me more of a responsible adult. And I know that's not something that she set out to do, but in hindsight, it is something that has helped me as I now, you know, consider myself to be fairly successful in business. As I close with that, I want you all to take this, you know, take away this one thing that your starting point does not have to equal your ending point. Your ending point can be very different. The way you finish can be very, very fulfilling. But you have to change your mindset and you have to acknowledge the successes that you've had in life. And as you start to become a business owner and as you start to open the path of, you know, excuse me, as you start down the path of entrepreneurship, things are not going to be easy, but you have the tools to overcome them. Look at your overall psychological makeup and utilize all the tools that you have. All right. So I'm going to close tonight with that. And I want you all, you know, I thank you all for, for, for listening. I thank you for taking this journey. And again, we talked about the psychology of me, how to identify who you are. And it starts with who you are in your family, answering the question of who am I as a child, as a as an adolescent. And, you know, kind of being introspective in your life and saying, did I have those successful checkpoints as I was growing up? And then as you break them down and say, yeah, there were some things I accomplished. I made the football team. I was captain of this. I was a cheerleader. You know, all of those things are counted as accomplishments that you can now make sure that you keep as success stories and and a part of your self-confidence as a young adult. All right. Again, this is Lavelle Hewitt. You listening to Do It in the Dark, a podcast on introspection and accountability. Don't forget, turn the lights off because the work begins in the dark. Peace.